0: Welcome to the low Ride Worldwide Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to global low culture. My name is John Uloa, welcome, and in this episode we have tattoo artist, father, grandfather, all-around really cool human being, Chuco Moreno, stops by to talk cars, art, tattooing, chicanismo, carnalismo, history so much here so i hope you enjoy it so without further ado my conversation with Chuco moreno enjoy
1: you know when it comes to uh opportunities and things like this um i say no to a lot uh more things than most um but usually those are like corporate style or bigger baller style or more like um I don't know heavy exposure type gigs but when it comes to uh brown brothers and rasa and, and and uh sisters and brothers man i'm always down because uh uh that's my heart that's where i'm at you know what i mean and, and regardless of um where i'm at in my life professionally or or what people might perceive uh on the interweb the fact is Holmes, um, is that i'm just another vato like everybody else man i love lowriders i love my thick, and uh I'm, I'm always down to try and help out so like when I get a, a invitation from somebody that comes from my community, I'm I more than, more than likely will always say yes. You know what I
2: mean? Right on. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So let, let me ask you, I mean, you and I haven't hung out in a long time, man. I mean, <laughs> I can't, re- I can't remember the last time we just hung out where I wasn't getting my back worked on. So we yeah. really just have some time to just chop it up. Cause it's been a long time since we've done this, man. So, let's just get let's just get into some questions um you know i always think about what would be you know interesting to talk about and you know the things that you and i always talk about have to do with culture chicanismo carnalismo cars lowriders family um so the way i see this going man is just you and i talking like we always talk and there just happen to be people like you know you know checking it out so You know, the fact that, you know, this is May 1st and, you know, who better to kick off the beginning of May with than you. Um, so, uh, you know, this, this is, this is for all practical purposes and the real deal Cinco de Mayo weekend, man. So, you know, what is, what is Cinco de Mayo mean to you within the scope of, you know, a Chicano man?
1: Yeah, right on. So, uh, good question. So for me, man, it's like, um, I didn't grow up experiencing those types of uh, you know, national holidays, uh, like the outside world. Those are those are those are special days. Uh I like that cup you're drinking out of homes, by the way. Simon que sí, siempre. so anyways, um as I was saying, uh those days have been special to me uh since boyhood. And um, you know, it's not just a day to get all and, and you know and act foolish it's a um, it's a day of remembrance you know what I mean and, and uh a homage of respect uh, needed paid so I do enjoy myself I do I do usually associate and uh, and I do fraternize and hang out with uh, my close pals and, and peers um, and in my inner circle but um, I'm also in the back of my mind um it's like Dia de los Muertos or, 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 you know, Dia de la Madre or or some of these days that are like, um, you know, they're globally recognized now uh, as like, hey, crack the bottle and let's get twisted, which is great. That's fine. Homes each their own. Um, and I myself, I do. I have some pistos and I enjoy myself. I eat really good food um, and I hang out with the people that I care and love about. But uh, there is a deeper me- meaning and sentiment behind those types of holidays. Uh so for me I always try and keep that mind while I'm there hanging out with the fellas.
2: Right on. You know, we all got sidelined this year in a number of events and I know that Chicano Park Day means a lot to you and your family, you know, we yes. would bump into each other down there. Mm-hmm. You know, um talk to us about that about not being able to partake in that this year, man.
1: So, um that that was a that was a, uh that was a sore one Holmes. because you're you're right hundred percent correct i mean i absolutely uh i love that i love that festivity in that day man and i usually bring the whole family out if uh if i'm capable of doing that so um annually uh i try and make sure that i'm down there Holmes, with my with my loved ones and my children and my wife uh to see you all you know i, I love bumping into you when i'm down there and and, and so many other beautiful rasa homes like that's that's the uh, reason I go uh, is because a dude like me, Holmes, I mean, I'm the type of that uh, there's, what, 365, right? Every year comes around. Well, many more than most of those days, you can find me with my head down getting busy, Holmes, grinding in one fashion or another. Um, so it's, it's a real treat for me on days like that to roll out there, get cleaned up real nice, get the 53 shine, homes and uh, get my old lady under my right arm and cruise down there to SD. Um, And last year, I actually missed it uh, because of uh, other obligations that I have. Um, I missed it because, uh, you know, we were, uh, I was really heavy and uh, engaged in uh, Honor Farm. And also I had just flown back from from Chicago. I had an art show uh, days before the event. So I would have really had to, pull off a magic trick, Holmes, to make it down there. I would have literally flew from like Chicago straight to S D, spent a few hours down there with you all, and then had to jump back on a plane and get back up here to finish uh to finish doing what I was doing. So this year I was really thirsty to go, Holmes. You know, I was really excited. Uh Amber and I had talked a lot about it. And um as you know and people that are close to me, I go I go the day before and I always stay at the same hotel right there in the vadio homes right there in Logan uh and the night before you can catch me cruising around uh striking around with my woman homes and, and a tall can of beer and and I go and I watch the blessing at night, and I myself uh and Amber get blessed um and I just like to feel the energy in the air the night before because uh you know the ancestors are there that night homes and in preparation for the festival the next day so Um, I get a whole lot of energy, Holmes, uh, and inspiration out of that time, uh, during that festival before, during and after. So when this thing happened, Holmes, and we all got grounded, I knew that it wasn't going to go down. And, um, yeah, I, I took a second Holmes and was a little bit bummed on that. But, um, as I said before, Holmes, there's always two ways to check it out. You know what I mean? So I immediately thought after that, I thought, you know what, you go check it out, Holmes. What that really does is it amplifies next year's event. You see what I mean? Because not only is it another year uh, to be celebrated, but this was the 50, right? Yep. So that's big, Holmes. You know, like our, you know, like your abuelos or your, your parents when they hit the 50 anniversary of their marriage uh, and stuff like that, that's a big thing, Holmes. It's it's a cause for celebration. It's a cause for people to come together, uh, and so. I kind of do believe in my heart that because of this uh, unique set of circumstances, that next year's turnout will probably be one of the greatest ones ever. Uh, and uh, look for me in the crowd, Holmes. I'll be there, me and my plan. For sure. Yeah. It,
2: it's such an important day for us and our family because, you know, it's so all-encompassing in terms of what is there. I mean, you have mm-hmm. it, you know, the Danza Azteca, Corridos, mm-hmm.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: baile folklorico Mm
1: -hmm.
2: you know the cars the gente families children uh, you know it's just it's all there and it's such a beautiful vibe you know and there's no there's no bs everybody's cool and coming together in the spirit of chicanismo pride and celebrating the park and the history associated with that park, man it's there's nothing like it man
1: Nothing. you're right homes there is nothing like that um the first time that i that i got to go because i mean since i was a youngster i've been aware of that event and had never went uh so the very first time that i actually did go down there uh and experienced it it blew my socks off homes it was real it was a real thing that uh to this day that i i remember clearly and um it uh it was like a real bucket list type thing, you know, and so when, when I got to go down there and I got to see the music and the people, the food, the cars, the art uh, and the brotherhood that was happening, you know, because historically that day, um, because of the unity and because of all the people who fought so hard to keep that part, uh, you know, and to keep it uh, sacred for what it was set up for, which was community and brotherhood. And, and, and brown love and stuff like that. Homes is so important. Um, you know, later on and in future years, um, it was one of those situations that was very rare and unique. To where it didn't matter. Say you didn't like this vato or that guy said something to you the other time when you drove by or whatever. All that got laid to rest on that day, homes, and it was a place to come and be Chicano. And to me, um, I, I hold a real high uh, level of pride and joy in being Chicano. Like. I remember being a kid, Holmes, and, and, and uh, and realizing that I was Chicano and I was different than other other uh, cultures and ethnicities. And I thought, man, Holmes. I remember one time I was sitting in a juvenile hall. This is a real story. And I remember thinking to myself, uh, I'm watching these vatos come rolling through the hallway, a bunch of a bunch of brown brothers, young dudes. We were in a, a negative situation, but I remember thinking, man, Holmes, I I, pff, I hit the lottery, bro. Like I'm I'm Chicano, man. Like you know, it's like Marvin Gaye speaking on on his people. I had that feeling of like uh nowhere near superiority or nothing like that. It was just like a grateful uh a gratitude and a real pride and, and happiness and saying, Man, look at what I'm a part of, Holmes. The fabric, I'm I'm hey Holmes, I'm a link in the chain, spoke in the in the in the wheel of such a long list of uh just charismatic, gifted, artistic, strong people. I mean our hand that goes all the way back to pyramid zones. You know, there's not a lot of people who can say that. See what I mean? You dig it. So Yeah, man.
2: And and you know, it's interesting because it's it's a matter of of outlook and how you have that pride instilled in you or not. You know, a lot of a lot of the kids that I deal with will come into my office, you know, at, at, at my job and they'll say, I suck at math. You know, like the brown kids, they'll say, I suck at math.
1: <laughs> and I said, what are you talking you about? Me.
2: You're genetically hardwired to be brilliant at mm. science, math, mm-hmm. architecture, geometry, astrology, look at, oh, look at what our ancestors built. Are you mm-hmm. kidding me?
1: Yeah.
2: And they, but they've never thought of it like that. They just get stuck in this narrative of, I can't, as opposed to look at what our ancestors have done and built and what my potential is as a person, you know?
1: You know, I, I think that, uh, you know, here's the thing, Holmes. Like, um, I've always played on my own handball court and, and kind of walked to my own, my own beat, Holmes. So um, I think differently than a lot of heads. And, and uh, at a young age, I realized that, um, you know, the way that society's set up, uh, when I was young, Holmes, I had a lot of time to sit in a room and think. And I did, I did just that. I thought a lot about life, about my life, about other people, the roles they play in the building and the uh, continuity of community, you know what I'm saying, and the contribution that people do or don't bring to it. And so um, I've always really just seen uh, a pretty clear, in my opinion, a pretty clear view, Holmes, of the way things are. And and it's like, again, uh, I felt really special and blessed, Holmes, that I was I was brown and I was standing on the shoulders of so many greats and and uh you know, it's like this, homes, you hit you hit the schoolyard in the classroom, uh, and then you go through, you know, uh whatever else, maybe some religious uh situations. And the, the, the sad part is some sometimes and a lot more times than most, at the end by the time you're ten, eleven years old, homes, they, there's a lot of stripping that goes on, like stripping of integrity, stripping of creativity, stripping of like identity, um and not to get all wild on that subject, but it's just the truth. It's like everybody, not just brown people, Holmes, every color, every ethnicity. If you're breathing air and you are of the human race, Holmes, you were born special and unique. The The trick is, A, to, re, to revisit and to remember that, and B, to find out what specifically, uh, why you were brought here and what it was you came to do. Uh, I say a lot, you know, uh, you know. Get what you came for, Holmes. Because every one of us, whether you realize it or not, you came here to do something, Holmes. And if you don't get it done, it's my belief that you're gonna come back around again, Holmes, and again. And so uh, I've always kept an eye on that. You know, like what what was it? I knew early on that I was an artist, you know, and and that's part of my life. Um, but I also, you know, I grew up in a single parent family and, and household, and and uh, there was no father figure to speak of. So. Uh, when I became a father, it was immediately uh apparent it was obvious to me, Holmes that part of the reason I came here was to learn to be a good father, a great father, the best I could be uh, and to break that curse in my bloodline because um as in all families you know it 's like whether it 's genetically or or it 's uh it 's your environmental uh there 's a lot of things that get passed on to you and you 're not even aware of it you know what i 'm saying you just come up and people tell you who you are for a lot of your life until you become man enough or if you ever become strong enough or brave enough to stop and say wait a minute i'm gonna figure out who i am it's my job Holmes. this is my right my birthright to say who i am what i believe in and how i choose to believe in it you dig so it's like i just think that uh you know, it's really important for people all over the world, especially brown people. You know, I advocate hard for young brown people, and when I get around them, Holmes, I try and grab their earlobe and be like, "Look, little brother, check this out. Like, you're very special, Holmes, and and you got a lot to uh, you got a lot that you could be given, not only to yourself, your 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 loved ones, your family, but to the world, man, to the fucking world, Holmes. Spencer, excuse my my language, but I'm passionate about that. It's like it's in you, it's in all of us. Find it at all cost, and then go and never stop Holmes.
2: Wow, man. That's, those are powerful words, you know, spoken with, with eloquence and depth, man. And, you know, just hearing you speak on it like that, I can, I can see how that translates that passion and that depth translates into your artwork. Thank you. You know, um,
1: art, art in general, uh, the funny thing is, you know, we touched on, uh, a tad bit of the personal side of my life you know i didn't grow up with a with a hefito uh and i was va- i was like i knew of him i knew some things about him one of the things that i did know about him was the was an artist uh he tattooed in the neighborhood he did t- tattoos on his arm um a matter of fact the very first tattoo i ever ended up doing was with his machina i had swiped his his tattoo rig homes and ended up uh getting it re- refurbished and ready to go and I ended up tattooing my now my only my only blood brother Antonio but um you know it, it was a, it was a funny thing because I didn't like that though, but I I knew that I had received this great gift from him you know he was a genuine artist he had real raw talent and uh you know I just I remember being a very young kid and, and drawing and painting and also um I used to write uh, I, I I started a journal that I still own uh, when I was like, I want to say like seven or eight years old. I started writing these long stories for a seven or eight year old kid. And to this day, what's hilarious is um, I'm not, I'm not good at grammar. I have no interest in it. It's the words and the connectivity and the power and, and, and the arrangement of words uh, that I'm interested in. I'm interested in putting together a sentence that when I say it to you, you hear me, you feel me, you understand like it's powerful uh, and it's like a, uh, it's like a metaphor for uh, passing on energy and power. You know, it's in the way that you speak. If you're around somebody who is well-spoken articulate and intelligent, you, when you walk away from that about you remember him because it was the way he spoke to you, you know, and, and the way he arranged uh, the sentences and the sayings that he said to you. So, that's another form of art, you know. And art travels through through all our veins. Who have that gift, uh, and it doesn't end with a pencil and paper, homes, you know. Like um, there's many different forms of, of art, and and when you have that that beautiful gift, it usually pops up in, in many different ways than just the one, you know. You, it, today it's a it's a known thing. Like you see, I watched uh, the other night, me and my Amber laying in the rack, and I watched uh, uh, Django uh, by Quentin. And I love that film. You know what I mean. And when I when you watch Jamie Holmes, and, and you're aware, like I remember watching Jamie, uh, you know, on in Living Color, you know, and I always back then I was a little kid, but I knew this Votto is serious. Holmes, he's got it for reals. Like he's naturally gifted, and and it's just uh, it's it's awesome to see somebody like that switch lanes, uh, with with that kind of dignity intact. You know, not like. Uh, half step on on any side of the street he like has that ability to really come and and just produce art in general so
2: and, and you know what's funny about that is i had heard about that movie when it came out you know and and michael Badre was telling me oh man you got to see this movie and i kind of blew it off just because you know there are many movies that i have to watch and and isaac was telling me about it the other night he was like you have to check that movie out and so I did but you know it's like 3 hour movie so I chunked it out. But Yeah. But what was interesting about Jamie Foxx in Django is he's not playing a comedy but you're talking about him being able to switch lanes even within that movie he switches lanes. Oh yeah. And I was I was floored by his performance in that film. I mean I don't want to turn this into like us, you know cisco Lenevra, two comes <laughs> up yeah. But I, I hear what and you're John, yeah and um and he's just he demonstrated how prolific of an artist he really is man and it was a beautiful film
1: for yeah. sure i'm a huge fan of artwork homes uh universally no matter what it is you know uh you can be homeless tapping on a candle inside the street i'll stop Holmes, to hear what you got going on because i just think it's fascinating man and it's intriguing and because. I was blessed with the gift of art um i love to see it uh i I love to see it uh produced and performed by people in all lanes um uh you know dealing with honor farm has been like uh i've said many i've said it many times and i and i believe that um this is the greatest piece of art that i'll probably ever produce in my lifetime and uh you know originally uh, there was a writer uh, going to be involved and I was going to download this story. Uh, and When I read the first act that got sent to me, I was uh, respectfully, uh, un- I was uh, unhappy with it. So I ended up sitting down and I'd never re- written a screenplay in my life. You know, I wrote millions of love letters to Amber and, you know, letters to the judge, stuff like that. But um, I had uh, never done something like that, but I was just passionate about it. And I sat down and I ended up rewriting that first act. And when that came across, uh, to the production company, it was like, whoa, you know? And so I ended up, I ended up writing the, uh, writing the film, writing the script, you know, with the help of, of my partner, uh, and one other, uh, talented, good friend of mine. But it's like, if you are an artist, I would say to a young person, if you have an inkling that you're an artist, don't stop at the first turn, whatever. Whatever you first grab, whether it's a paintbrush, a microphone, uh, you know, an engraver, a tattoo machine, whatever it is, don't, don't believe that that's the end of your rope, Holmes. Go further, you know what I mean? Go further and be open to other opportunities to produce art because uh, it's my strong belief that once you're, once you're blessed with that uh, beautiful gift, it's in, your, it's in you, Holmes, and you have the ability to uh, transfer it to different avenues if you're interested, if you're willing to do the work. I'm not saying that you could just, you know, jump on a surfboard and, and, and Kelly Slater the wave and then jump in the tattoo thing and you're Tim Hendricks. I'm not saying that. But um, you know, there's there's that gift that once it's in you, if you have the drive and, and the dedication and the discipline, you can uh, you can uh you know increase your ability.
2: And you and I have talked about this over the years. You know, what I notice is when you went down and started to tattoo at classic, I even told you, I said, man, your tattooing is getting better. Yeah. And, and I've noticed that, you know, that there has been an evolution in your art and your artwork that, you know, it's clear, man, that you stay on that grind and that you're there's no complacency with you that you're constantly pushing your art to advance it, you know, um, speak about that. if you would. Yeah.
1: I mean, okay. So here's the thing, you know, like, Um, I always grin, you know, like if I catch, uh, uh, if I catch like something in a magazine or something that's been said maybe on the interweb and it's like, um, it's in the lane of glorifying because I don't feel that way personally. You know, it's like, I remember, uh, starting to draw, starting to tattoo even, and the drawings were horrible and the tattoos were even worse, but I just loved it so much. And I knew that I did have it in me. That if I were to sit down and motivate myself uh every day uh, for many, many hours, that I could develop this thing. And so for me, there's no ceiling on that, Holmes. There's no uh there's no period at the end of that sentence. I will forever uh like put it to you this way, I've my uh Amber's office uh in my art studio or upstairs uh here in the in the house. And I spend there's sometimes there's weeks where I spend I mean like I go up early in the morning before any of my family gets up, I knock out my workout, shower, shave, clean up, and I'm up there homes for I mean the day. I'm up there all day. And um, you know, I put a lot of artwork up on the interweb, on my on my on my social media thing, on the IG thing, but there's a whole lot more that nobody will probably ever see. And that's just chooks studying and, and and just trying to evolve and get better. Um and also, you know, I do a lot of like I do a lot of studying and research and I look back at um tattoos that I have I have the privilege of looking at that that a lot of people won't be able to reference. But these are tattoos that were done in the 70s. These are tattoos that are done on family members, you know, deals, primos, vuelos. My grandpa had tattoos, my dad had tattoos. I look at the aesthetics of these things and I look at the approach in art and um I'm I'm impressed by these things because you know, some of them are very raw and crude, but you also can see that, hey, this thing's like 40 years old, Holmes, and, and it, it still reads. It's something that when you see it, you feel it some kind of way. You dig what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, uh, for me, I, I, I always want to be able to uh, keep going for, forward. You know, I'm not done, Holmes. I'm never going to be done till they put me in the dirt, you you know, for me.
2: Yeah. and And you know what's interesting? I was thinking about the trajectory of your career today. And I was thinking about, about your work and you're, you're known, you're known as a Chicano style, black and gray tattooer. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what, that's what you've been, been well, that's what you're known for. But I, yeah. was thinking, I was thinking about, you know, my dad was in the air force. My uncle was in the Navy two of my uncles in the army, no, two of my uncles in the Navy, two in the army. Um, You know, so my dad and all my uncles were military guys and they all had American traditional tattoos. And I, and I got to thinking, you know, about how solid your American traditional is, you know, and and Amber's
1: smiling right now that you're saying that because that girl, uh, she's funny. She, always uh, do do some uh traditional color tattoos do some traditional color flash let people know that you know you're not just a one one why do they say the one trip guy cowboy whatever. but uh yeah and and here's another funny thing holmes like if you really know what you're speaking on and if you really have been a student of art and and in the, the history of art especially in the chicano culture it's like this holmes um the reality of the evolution of black and gray Chicano style tattooing uh, in all truth is a lot different than what is uh, is put it put out today. You know, it's like if you were to find anybody, any any grown vato uh, above the age of like fifty five. Right. So we're saying these people or, or just say like anybody who was kicking it in the neighborhood or being tattooed in the 60s the 70s, or even go further back, zoot suit homes, 40s, um, none of these tattoos that you would come across would look or resemble anything like what is branded in mainstream society as Chicano tattoos or even like neighborhood style tattoos. That's a that's a specific style of imagery that you're speaking about, and you know, with the influence and the power of the of the inner homes, that thing has been blurred so gnarly in my opinion that the truth of it has been like totally distorted there's a new truth there 's a new history that's been written, but I grew up in the vadio homes in California califas uh you know I was born in the seventies, grew up in the eighties and early nineties and I know what a neighborhood tattoo looks like because I myself wear a bunch of them. Uh, everybody in my bloodline, uh, heavily, heavily tattooed with that style of tattooing. And, um, you know, I was lucky to see that stuff being uh, put on. So I know like the procedure and the format and how that goes down. Um, and so, you know, it's like, a lot of those tattoos were a lot bolder, Holmes, than we'd like to fantasize and believe. You know, none of those tats were done with like a, a fairy uh a, a Tinkerbell fairy feather single ultra fine needle, Holmes. Listen, the, the the fact is is that single needle, yes, single needle, one needle, right? But this is a guitar string that's being uh, uh it's being like sharpened and fashioned on the on the ground or on on, on a on a cell floor it's 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 sharp it's gonna put a line homes but it was never uh ultra fine line it doesn't look at all your look at your deals or your anybody who's older than you homes and i guarantee you that those the line weight on those tattoos it's heavy and yeah. the shading it's black and heavy homes you know that that pepper that salt and pepper which now is like a, a more of a common mainstream uh slogan it's 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 because of the function of the machine, because of the handmade ink, and because of where people were at artistically at that point in time. So, uh, Chicano-style tattooing has evolved massively in the, in the tattoo industry, in the professional tattoo industry, because there is so much available to young artists to interpret, to enhance, and to grow up, which is wonderful, amazing. Trust me, Holmes. I'm blown away by a lot of the stuff I see. I'm like, wow, that's that's straight up incredible, Holmes. Yeah. But me myself as a person, individual, although I'm only really interested in producing things that are based in that same uh, swimming pool homes of uh, old school neighborhood tats. So I mean, uh, it's not for everyone, you know. And it's not commercialized. It's not glamorized. It's like it, when I was growing up there's vato's like Mo from from Stockton who put on badass tattoos he he covered a lot of my family um uh, from Livas. He, you know I have to, I wear tattoos from this vato um so these dudes what it was was these dudes were artists and they were good and they put on tattoos so you got them you know what i'm saying but nowadays it's like there's a lot of uh, there's a smorgasbord homes of options so it's like most people are going to be drawn to the thing that looks the most like uh, a photograph or something they see on the internet. you know what I mean? And that, that intrigues them, that, that entices them, and they want that on their body, which is wonderful. Everybody should wear what they, whatever their heart desires. I'm a strong believer in that. But for me, and when somebody says, uh, you know, do you like Chicano-style cholo or neighborhood-style tattoos? I say, uh-huh, hot dog, don't I do. Uh, but what I'm speaking about is usually something – A whole lot different than what they are talking about um and i and i i uh i I would like for that uh at some point uh people to realize there is a there's a difference there's i would call it I, i mean at this point you could even call it traditional neighborhood style because it's based in that um you know a lot a lot of that stuff there's teen angel uh books that i own the big prison books homes and there's pages in there that flat out have tiger heads that are like sailor jerry heavy influence panther heads um you know like some of the old old imagery is it's very similar and some of it is outright uh you know it, it's uh influenced by it so the evolution of black and gray and chicano style neighborhood style t- tattoos has always been on an evolutionary scale it's moving up but the era that i'm really impressed and the one that i've always really dug is like 70s 80s in early early nineties, I'm talking like ninety two, because there was a huge transition in Chicano culture in the nineties that not a lot of people uh, were either there to witness or or can recall properly. But things changed heavily for our people um, during that time period, and so did the artwork.
2: Yeah, I think that I think that what you're keying in on is interesting because you know having the opportunity to travel you know, in these different lowrider scenes and seeing, you know, the aesthetics of how people dress and the tattoos that they wear and put on coming along for the ride, literally. um, I think that this, what's been labeled as Chicano style has to do more with imagery as opposed to the neighborhood style that you do and that you're talking about and that I have the privilege to wear from you.
1: Right on. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, and that that choice is, um, like I said earlier, that's a choice that, um, you know, it's available to everybody, and, and I mean, it comes with cars too, homes. Like, it's like this. Um, there's the three hundred thousand dollar lowrider bill that that we might see and be like, wow, that thing's incredible, homes. I mean, there's not a thing on there that isn't like shine, polished, and primed, homes. It's it's the real thing, but and it's an amazing ride, homes. You see that flying like. Dang, homie, feeding me. Wow, congrats. But, uh, you know, me personally, like, I've always, my first car was a 1968 Impala Fastback. My Hefita helped me buy it, uh, and it cost $300. And when I got it, it was uh, Taxi Yellow. Uh, and me and my homeboys, I had my whole body will, uh help me sand it in the carport under my apartment. And we primered it down, you know, and, um, and it, it went from there. You know, the car had a chain steering wheel when I got it. Uh, I threw on the white wall, the one-inch white walls, you know, and, and uh, eventually uh, acquired uh, some truce books. So for me, when I, when even my 53, uh, when people see it in person, they're like, I see it in their eyes. It's funny because some people are wait, you know, you see it online and it's, uh, it's, it looks very the effects on the phone or whatever homes the the time of day you take the photos or whatever. It looks like it's a brand new paint job. This thing is like, you know, and it's not. You've been in my ride. You know what time it is. My, yeah. my ride is a low rider, Holmes. Yeah. But it's like, uh, I drive that car everywhere. You, you yep. dig? Like, my family's in there. My kids are in there. It's not something that uh, is untouchable or never sees the light of day. Um, but I totally, totally appreciate and understand the Valtors who spend a great deal of energy and passion and time and building something that is just for show, you know, because it has its place. And it's the same thing with everything, Holmes, with tattoos, with art, with lowriders. There's a spectrum there, you know, and it's just, it's just personal preference, Holmes. It's what you're into. Uh, I, myself, like, like I keep repeating, I'm into the old school, man. You know, like, um, I wish there was a pause button on time because I would have stayed right there in the seventies and eighties, man, and just chilled out, bro. You know (laughs) what I mean? You know what I mean? It's it's interesting that you say
2: that because I was talking to my wife about this the other day that the seventies is a decade that there was so much going on mm-hmm. whether it whether it was New York salsa
1: mm-hmm.
2: funk music
1: yeah rock right
2: you know there was just so much going on man there was so yeah. much culture no matter what you were into. And I think that that decade, historically speaking, gets kind of lost. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like the fifties were happening in yeah. terms of post-World War II. Then the sixties were the sixties. Yeah. And then the eighties. Yeah. You know, the seventies is like kind of this weird lost decade, but culturally, man, there was just, it was such a rich time. Regardless. I mean, I,
1: I was, I was, I was, a uh, I was a kid, you know, to be, to be, to be fair, I was a kid, but, um, I soaked up that vibe of the 70s leading into the early 80s. And, you know, I was a young kid sitting on the on the sidewalk and watching stuff go on in, in the early 80s just after the 70s. So the remnants and the style and the, uh, just the way people interacted with each other, it was very still 70s-based, you know? Like, my Thea ain't gay. She's all the way 70s homegirl. Like, when you speak to her, she's far out, man. You know what I mean? And she's just – she's a cool chick. And just the way dudes uh, – there was like a uh, there was like a built-in charisma that came from that era, you know, and it got handed down and then slowly dissipated as time went on. But um, I feel like I inhaled a lot of that man, and and I was uh, exposed to a lot of it. And so when I think of a Avato, uh, whether it's his dress code, facial hair, the way he handles his heine, uh I'm looking back to that era, and and I try and I and I try and hold on to the the memories and the, and the the people in my life that I had looked and admired at that time, because, um, I don't know, man, it was just a cool thing. And, you know, car, car, car clubs and, and, and low ride building, that was like a, a hot era for that. You know, like a lot of people might not realize, but you know, there was like car shops, like Rasa based car shops and owned car shops all in all like Santana, like everywhere, bro. Sanjo, like, you know, Sacramento everywhere, Holmes, across the state, and even the southwest, real heavy. Like, um, low riding was good and well, Holmes, at that time. And and um a lot of the uh older flikas and a lot of the older like uh when people are really into like uh representing that older vibe, a lot of that stuff is derived from around that time period, you know. And um there was a lot there was a strong unity at that time too, Holmes, you know, like in, 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 in the majority of the race, there was. Um, so, yeah, it was a special time, man. And I still feel, I still feel um, drawn to that. For sure.
2: So, you had mentioned earlier Honor Farm. And for those people who don't know what that is, can you briefly touch on what that is? We don't have to spend a ton of time talking about it. You know. Uh, but if you wanted to give give the hint a little teaser
1: – um yeah so technically i'm probably not supposed to say a whole lot about that and i haven't said anything public you know but um i have been working on a film for over four years uh and uh it's a very special piece of art man that i've dedicated a a lot of time to and and, uh my family you know everybody involved uh and it's an ongoing process um it's something that's uh when I'm able to show, share that with with uh, the world, homes, it's going to be a very uh, a very prideful, special time for me because uh, I put everything I got into this homes, and I and I, I I really look forward to uh, people who dig my artwork and, and dig what I stand for to to be able to hear this story and uh, and and pull from it what I'm putting out there, you know.
2: Right on. Well, we. I mean, I've no, I've had the privilege of being on the inside and knowing, and you know seeing a couple clips you know um and we look forward to it and can't wait for it to come out so we'll just leave it there man that it will be greatly anticipated i'm sure
1: yeah i mean uh for for the people who you know like some people have caught wind and hit me up it's like it's uh you know because of the uh production part of it and the promotion part of it you know there's contracts and there's like procedures involved in that so you're not really supposed to be like Just out and out talking about that, which I totally respect. And um uh but uh believe me, Holmes, uh if you're breathing air on the planet Earth, you won't be able to miss this thing, Holmes. Uh, Um it it, it will be everywhere you can everywhere you can imagine.
2: Right on. So one one of the viewers has a question here, says, How do you guys feel about Pinta style tattoos being done in Australia and Japan and all those places?
1: Uh you know. If I were to answer that, I'd say, you know, it's like, uh, I'd say that that's a, a carry on sentence from, uh, earlier in the conversation. It's like, you know, globally, uh, the Chicano culture, um, and way of life, uh, in my opinion was the last, uh, it was the last true culture to be, uh, I don't want to say exploited. Let's just say, um, explored, uh, to be, to be positive about it. So, um you know you, there was the time period where they went through you know all the different races and all the other time periods and and our thing has always been our thing and it's it's a very like uh it's a very close to chest it's like uh a, a, i don't know man it's 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 uh it's a it was more of a it was a private thing we kind of lived out our lives as you know uh skipping down the street to our own thing and we were giddy and happy about that joyful about it um and then in the mid-2000s, because here's the thing, Holmes, like, um, I've been a Vato my whole life, you know, like, uh, uh, I just, you know, I, I hit the iron board at eight years old and, and hair netted down and that was it, Holmes, like, that was just the way it was. So, uh, I've been a Vato, I would say, the majority of my life. Uh, and so, I saw the transitions of that thing and, you know, I grew up in that culture and the style when the thing was happening at the tail end of it. And then in the mid nineties and late nineties, um, because of certain circumstances, legal situations, um, the culture went kind of dormant for a good, I want to say a good eight to 10 years, man, where I remember living in society and I didn't know any other Vatos, you know, they were walking around, still wearing khakis, still wearing Stacy's and, um, society had matured and went forward with new fashions and ways of life so uh even when i first began my first tattoo gig i remember soccer moms coming in to get a butterfly and they were like what is he like what do you what the hell are you wearing you know what i mean this dude's wearing his pants up to his chest looks like an old man 50 year old man and uh and uh then uh there was just this small uh kind of like Flame I saw flickering around, you know, the state, I would see, you know, this person over here kind of because of social media, to be honest, Holmes, it allowed me for the first time to see what was happening all over the place and vice versa. You know, like some cat might see a photo of me get put up because of uh, some tattoo event I did or something. They're like, wow, look at that dude. I had a Tio man that used to dress like that. And so devato goes home, buys a pair of khakis and here he goes. Right. So this thing kind of restarted uh and a lot of the older people who had laid it down or had you know uh, uh started families and became professionals i think that they got re uh they got re man and re-passionate about like man that was a beautiful time and a beautiful thing and um so it's been really cool to watch so as far as tattooing goes that spills out into that into that arena because now all of a sudden it's like you can't turn the page on this thing, Holmes, that we all hold in our hands without seeing something that is either directly based or heavily influenced in Chicano style culture, whether it's uh, art or, or uh, uh, fashion nowadays, you know, because that's become like a trend. It's a fashion now straight up, you know, and um, the style of tattooing and, and all, all of these things are very um It's very like uh, influential and it draws in a lot of interest from people from across the world. And I myself, you know, the first time I went to Europe, uh, to London, I went with Demo and um, I remember meeting people and I'm talking about locals and they had never seen a Botto in their life ever. You know, white dudes walking down the street with a Pendleton button at the top. You know, and here and here we go. You know that thing kicks off over there, as a fashion thing, um, and also you know artwork starts to translate and transcend and get put over there. And um, because of uh, other other vatos, you know, in the in the early '90s and stuff, who uh, went because of music purposes to Japan and Asia. Uh, you know, Tune went over there and did his thing heavy, and so that influence gets brought over there. And the seed gets dropped. So, um, now that it's a global thing, people ask me that almost every time I get interviewed, I did an interview a few weeks back with a dude actually from London and he had asked me that same question. I'm always asked that. And I understand when people ask me that question now that, um, I'm supposed to be either upset or offended. And there was a time in the very beginning when that started to happen, um, that I was kind of drawn back by only because of the fact that I felt like, uh, If you were going to do that and make that choice, I thought that, man, because I have so much respect and love for our culture, you ought to at least uh, look into the real roots of this thing before you just start slopping out something and calling it Chicano. You dig what I mean? Because to me, that's a really, really heavy label, home something that I hold really high. And if you're going to say on your social uh, Chicano style or I'm a Chicano style or whatever, it's like, uh, what vatos do you know? You dig? Like what, what, what tat do you have a tattoo for me? Do you have a tattoo for any other vatos? have you do. you? What do you know about it? Um, and if, if that's not something that you've, you've put the effort into, maybe just pump the brakes once or twice home before you jump off real deep. And then, because it's like any other ethnicity who has huge legacy and a lot of culture and historic, you know, uh, bones in this thing. It's like, uh, we're still here, Holmes. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and and I think that whether you're influenced or you're appreciative or you're uh applying tattoos from any other ethnicity, like I have many friends who do Japanese, American, Japanese style influence tattooing, but they play heavy homage to the people who originated that artwork, you know what I mean? And uh they understand like where that comes from and, and stuff like that. So I just think that whenever you step off into someone else's culture, like even me myself when i travel i'm i'm mindful of their they have their own culture and and it's i should respect that you know what i mean so that's my opinion i think that that's fine Holmes. you tap whatever you want to tap uh but but do a little homework man and, and and maybe figure out like uh uh what what type of material you should be checking out and and, and just you know show some respect is all show a little class
2: you know when i when i when I travel to go to these events, um, I sometimes get asked to do lectures and workshops. And in the Q and this always comes up in, in the Q and A, people ask, you know, people ask me about cultural appropriation. And what I tell them is I say, look, you know, being, you know, the aesthetic, the, the, the clothes is only one superficial part of Chicano culture you know, you're talking about deep roots that go back thousands of years that had this incredible history and legacy, you know, and, and, uh, and a struggle in the United States.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And just because you're putting on something that was internet inspired, doesn't necessarily constitute Chicano culture. So it's a very, very delicate dance because you're talking about people's lives. You're talking about, how people live, the struggles that have come with that, the classism, the racism, all of the shit that our people have had to endure historically, you know? And I think that people that are hating on it is because now people around the world, because of social media and the internet, are able to latch on to what, to the fashion sensibilities of it, you know? So what I try to tell people is, dress like you want to dress express yourself how you want you have that right but just know that if you call it Chicano man uh, Cortez's and Dickie's are only the tip of the iceberg
1: yeah I would go with that too man you know but it's uh you know like um humanity has evolved you know and there's no uh I guess where I'm going with the statement is like you know okay so you, you and i are similar age so it's like you know growing up Holmes. if, if you had khakis on the white tee and you weren't from that thing that was a real problem that was gonna get that was gonna be a problem right then and there Holmes. there was no impersonating no such thing as throwing on the uh the saturday costume and going to kick it you know that's that that didn't happen and i i'm glad those days are gone i uh because you know I, i'm a uh, I've, I've I've changed my view on things, and I don't really dig violence. But um, it's 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 like uh, you know, it's like if I threw on an Indian headdress and went to go to a barbecue, people were like, "What the hell are you doing, Chiefs?" You know, what I mean? right, right. it would be kind of it would be like you know, it'd be ridiculous. Um, so when I first started seeing that people were doing that type of stuff, I felt kind of similar. To that I was like, "Whoa, that's crazy, homes, huh? you know. But I also believe that uh it's it's everybody's right like you said to express themselves and that's totally cool and fine. And I, I myself evolved. You know, we were talking about my art evolving. I evolve as a human being every day. You know and, and something that I may have felt very strongly about uh at a, as a teenager or a young twenty year old man, a lot of those things have changed and I've I've seen uh, a different perspective on things, which I'm grateful for because it's enhanced my life experience yeah. and uh, my ability to find, you know, happiness, joy and success, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, you know, uh, I, I just think that um, in any, any situation in life, I, I always am a firm believer that, you know, respect is everything, man. You know, whatever room you walk into, and I myself have walked into many different rooms uh, that I would have never, ever in a million years, Holmes, thought that I would walk in there or be invited to uh, sit at those tables. But when I do walk through that door, I know two things right off the tip, Holmes, the top. Number one, I am who I am, and, 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 I, and, I, and I, I know who I am and where I come from. And the other thing is, is that I, I respect people, and I, and I want to uh, always be uh, looked at as a respectful gentleman. You know what I mean? So it doesn't matter what situation you find yourself in life. A good footnote to just about anything that you get yourself uh, entangled in or involved in is just show respect and a little bit of class. And you, you'll, go, you'll be fine. You'll be just fine. 100%.
2: You know, I don't think I ever told you this story, but when I was in Japan, I had the opportunity to cruise with this guy. who had a beautiful Monte Carlo. I mean, the, the, the name of the car is called Heartbreak Shot, And the owner is this, this guy named Shun from Confianza Car Club. And a couple years after, after the show, um, he posted that the car was for sale. And so I hit him up on, on the DM and I said, you're, you're selling your car? why are you selling your car? Because I mean, the car was a show quality car that he was driving. Yeah. And he said, you know, he said, I love Chicano culture so much that I signed up for a study abroad, Japan to Mexico. I'm going to go study archeology span in Mexico. I'm going to do this intensive Spanish course for a year and I'm selling my car to do it. That's how much I love it. And that blew me away. That absolutely
1: floored me, you know hearing that story you just told about that young man like that that's heavy homes and and that's the i mean sh- shoot man, that's like uh you couldn't do more to show pay homage or respect that's heavy, you know um there's cats out there that i you know that I've come across on the interwebs um there's a cat in japan uh, uh I call him night, but I think it goes by like night nights. Knights the Funk or funk
2: nights the funk
1: stuff yeah timon um he's a huge admirer of the culture and he's a very sweet-hearted uh dude i've actually met him at chicano park Day a few years ago yep
0: um
1: and he's a sweetheart dude Holmes, and you know and i could tell that he was kind of a little bit uncomfortable when he first uh he had somebody approach me first to take a photo with him and i know that he was kind of like uh about maybe how is this dude gonna but i he was a sweetheart dude hella respectful yeah. And uh, since then, you know, the, the the cat will hit me on the on the interwebs every now and again with a message and I'll write them back when I catch it. Yeah. Um, and people like that, man, it's like you know, bienvenido. You know what I mean? You know, because if you grew up in a in a barrio homes in a Chicano barrio, um, there were other there were other homies in there that were like, you know, there's there's a there's a white bottle from my barrio homes. But he yeah. spent his entire life. Day to day, deeply embedded in our way of life in our in our thought process. Yep. He paid homage to our gente and our and our ancestors and he earned his place there, you know. It was yeah. like he probably got teased his whole life, come on, Miko or whatever. But he he, in my opinion, you know, Davato lived a Chicano lifestyle. And that was that hey homes, you know. I don't I don't have no no uh, no harsh words for that, you know. I wanna give a heavy, heavy uh homeboy shout out to to my good pal and partner rick one well his homes uh he's out there is he goes on the handle right here on instagram as uh beast of little rick uh and that's the vauta that built my 53 uh and i made friends with that cat uh through tim Hendricks and one of his friends and we end up becoming great friends and and, and uh you know he, we did that thing old school style he has a uh, he has a shop there at his pad that's so 70s homes it will blow your wig back and uh, I spent a lot of time there. I barbecue with his family. I actually was at his wedding. Um, these these are very good, very good people, homes and close friends of mine. They're dear friends, and uh, I just want to make sure that I, because uh, people ask me all the time, who built your ride, you know? And I'm like Rick, man, Rick. And if you're interested, get at him. Uh, he he's got a club, homes uh, Sunset Classicos, and him and all his homeboys, all his camaradas. These are good men, dude, and and they're they're. Uh, They're heavy in the in the game, man. Like the the builds that those Vatos put off, are they're mind blowing. Like my fifty three Homes, it's turnkey. That car, I'll drive it to Mexico right now, not blink an eye. You know that he's the real deal, Homes, and his heart's in it. You know. So, as far as low riding goes, when people ask me, you know, where should I go or who should I hit? Hey, Homes, he's in Santana, right down there, uh, in SoCal. And and if you if you can get in with him, or you're interested in getting something going. Hit that bottle up, Holmes. He's the real deal. Tell him Chuke sent you.
2: Well, you know, I mean, just just in wrapping this up, I mean, you and I are you and I go back like five or six years now, and just you know, keep him with that old school style vibe and that neighborhood style. You know, I want everybody to know that you know I was looking to get my prayer hands done, my clappers, these right here, and I was at the Bay Area Tattoo Convention. And I kept circling around, circling around and every booth had that reference up there. And I was like, no, no, no. And off the beaten path, kind of in the back, I saw Chuko. And as soon as I saw him, I said, that's the guy I want to do it, man. Because, you know, I was born in 1973, you know, and that old school neighborhood style, man, you know, you, it was very obvious that you captured that, that you, that that's very much who you are and you walk with that and the presence and the grace and the style and the elegance that you maintain by staying true to those roots, man, man, that's.
1: Hey, homie, that's a heavy compliment. I really appreciate those kind words, John. I do, brother. And you're right, man. Uh, we, we got, uh, you and I, five friends, uh, five years, uh, going on friends homes. And, um, and uh i i appreciate your uh brotherhood heavy man because whether it's uh you know the dedication to the tattoos which I've, i you know putting on your back piece was an honor and a privilege uh and and uh or it's just the support homes like that to me that to me is chicano like that brotherhood that connection between two vatos, and or or it could be anybody but it's like that brotherhood is heavy for me i love that homes that's what keeps me going because uh it, it's like the uh I don't know. It's the heart of our gente homes. You know what I mean? That unity and that looking out for each other homes and support, it's big. And uh, I don't always get to support everybody that I'd like to, but in the future, I, you know, uh, I look for opportunities to do that. You know what I mean? And, and uh, if, if, if somebody, if somebody out there uh, w- wanted something from me or needed some kind of help or something like that hit me, man, because a lot of people are they're kind of spooked to ask me questions or, or for one reason or another, and it's like, hey, I'm gente, Holmes. I'm Rasa. You know what I mean? You can ask me something, and, and I'll do my best to answer you or help you out uh, the best I can. And and it's just like each one to each one, Holmes, you know, and, and pass it along. And and, and uh, that's like uh, – that's bare feet of our people, Holmes. For
2: sure, man. Well, Chuko, I won't keep you from, from your family any longer. I really Rasa. appreciate it. I know that everybody appreciates it. I know that I know that you get pulled in 5 million directions in the <laughs> moment, man. So yeah. I, from the bottom of my heart, I truly, truly appreciate you doing this for me and for us. And of course. Uh, I look forward to all of this stuff, mellowing out, man, so that we can see each other again in person. And, uh, it'll and, happen homes, you know, continue where we left off, man. It's always a pleasure and it's always an honor. So give my best to Amber and the boys and I will. Uh, your beautiful grandbaby. Oh sure.
1: man, Holmes. Oh man, my James. I'm tell you what, that's the first thing I'm doing, Holmes. I'm not right, telling right. it over to that bottle, man. It's uh that's been a real hard hard thing to swallow. because uh, Mih out in uh as you know, you know, she's military and they got her out in Poland, so um I haven't seen him uh in months and uh, it's uh it's a tiny tear in my heart, Holmes, then I'll be able to have that little bottle around me. But uh my day will come and uh I'm a patient man, so Gracias, so, for bringing that up, though. Uh, and, yeah, uh, thank you for having me, man. And, 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 uh, and uh, I'm glad we got to get down and, and, and throw a wrap. So cool. For sure, Chuco.
2: Thank you so much, man. Have a, have a good night. Stay safe and stay healthy.
1: Okay. Bye. Good evening, everybody. Right.
0: Thank you. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'm John Uloa, and this has been the Lowride Worldwide Podcast. We hope you enjoyed that conversation with Chuko. It was a good one. We recorded that one a while back, and um, it holds up. There's so much good content in there. Anyway, stay safe. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in. By all means, feel free to share on all your social media outlets with your family, your friends, strangers on the street, whomever. It's all good. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.